0: Anything that crosses my mind that seems to be of interest, I hope you'll enjoy it. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Acupuncture Outsider. This is Richard Hazel. Um, after my last episode, I got some requests to talk about treating seniors, some tips and tricks. Um, I'll just come like straight out and tell you there there's no silver bullet um when treating seniors cuz um everybody's different but there are some things that I've learned over time that I can share um that I hope will be helpful for you and your patients um and I, and I also want to say um if we consider that the uh, um, the issue that people are concerned about is post-treatment soreness, right, or pain, uh flare-ups after treatment. Um And that is always a concern for those of us who got into our profession because we want to help people. Um, Nobody wants to be responsible for, one, inflicting discomfort like we do often have to do in our treatment room, or um, creating soreness for a day or two or sometimes more. Um. after treatment. We do not enjoy that, but I think much like a dentist or a surgeon, there's a certain amount of discomfort that has to be expected, communicated, and tolerated in order to get to a better place with our patients who are suffering chronic pain. And when I'm talking about seniors, I do want to say I want to talk mostly about chronic pain because I, I definitely treat acute injury for seniors, and it's very often not much different from treating acute pain for almost anybody else it's not um it hasn't become extremely ischemic and it and it hasn't created uh, major compensation patterns that need to be broken so let's not even talk about acute injury right now for uh senior citizens i want to talk about chronic pain because that's who's that's who's tough right that's that's the patient that you badly want to help and you could easily um, give them a larger dosage of acupuncture than what they really can tolerate or are prepared to tolerate. Um, so the things that I, all right, the biggest challenges are of course um, health. Sometimes my patients are um, not just overweight, but extremely obese. And that's always gonna be an issue for treating pain. Um, especially if it's um, you know, low back, hip, knee, or down, you know. Um, that's always gonna be an issue. Um age is definitely a concern, you know, once you're getting up into the eighties and nineties, the muscle is definitely different. And um that's something C Chan Gun would talk about. He would say, you know, the older you get, the harder it is to treat you because the muscle has actually changed and become more fibrotic. And by fibrotic, I think that really tends to mean there may be some replacement of muscle with, with collagen or um, less um, flexible tissue. And that, that's definitely a tough one. If, you, if you've been in, in practice long enough to know what normal muscle feels like, for all parts of the body, then sometimes you're just kind of astonished when you when you put your hands on a, an older patient at, at the density of of the muscle and the the lack of a supple feel. Um, you'll see that with with people with back problems like uh, stenosis. Sometimes you put your hand on the spinal erectors, and it's just the hardest thing. The I mean the firmest, not the most difficult, the firmest muscle. Um, so of course that's a that's a challenge because we can definitely improve that muscle tone with acupuncture um, at the motor points, and and that's a given. What you need to be prepared for is the amount of muscle soreness you're going to create by improving that ischemic tissue, getting the blood circulating again. So you have to kind of decide based on the patient, based on the personality, based on um, how well you know them if they're a first-time visit. You probably want to go exceptionally light because you don't know how they respond. You don't know how how they respond to the needles. You don't know how they respond to post-treatment soreness. Um, I know you know this, but some of our older patients have a very good pain tolerance they live with pain if they come in and they're living with a six seven eight on the VAS scale they're sometimes the easiest patients to treat because they really can tolerate the needles they can tolerate the stimulation and as long as they feel better they don't really care that much about the post-treatment soreness. Um, but let's talk about that communication because that is probably the, the best antidote to poor results, or I should say, I shouldn't say poor, because a lot of times they, they get a whole lot better regardless of how much soreness they have. Um, let's say the best antidote to difficult post-treatment feelings um, for a couple days is good, frank communication with the patient. And um, for an, exa- an example, I'm going to tell some, okay, so I've got, I'm thinking of a, a Vietnam veteran that was coming in. He, he had scoliosis, spinal stenosis, um, can barely stand up straight. His back felt like a rock. When you put your hands on his spinal erectors, the multifidae, the QL, all of it felt like a rock. It was so firm. There was was nothing supple about it. And so I was frank with him. I said, you know what? We definitely need to loosen these muscles up. We're going to start slow. Um, But I am going to treat it today. And you're very likely going to be very sore because this muscle is what we call ischemic and it doesn't have good blood circulation. And what I'm going to do today is going to help restore the blood circulation to the muscles and hopefully take pressure off the nerve roots that we're worried about. And, and he's fine with that. And, um, and really I got to say, I very rarely do I have a patient who comes back and was surprised by anything because I predicted it exactly like they, they experienced it. And I even had a patient tell me that. She said, it was exactly what you said, so I didn't worry about it. And two days later, I was feeling amazing, so much better. It's it's definitely getting better. And, and uh, you know, I, I think that's probably the best skill um, you can have with any patient is the ability to predict how they're going to feel after treatment and I'm, I, I think i probably annoy some people with how much i tell them about how, what they're going to feel during the treatment how they're going to feel right after the treatment and how they're going to feel tomorrow but i just feel like that's that is the most essential thing i can do for my patient they need to understand how did it get this bad and how can I help and how is that process going to feel? And I really think if you tell people up front, this is how you're going to feel. You're going to feel super sore, probably going to feel like you had a serious workout. And if you're one of the people who has a flare up of pain where it's worse the next day, don't worry about it because most of the time, in fact, every time I can think of, that someone has had the pain get worse the next day, those are the people who usually have an almost miraculous recovery after that pain has subsided. I can't explain that, but I I see it consistently. You don't want your patients to have that kind of flare-up, but the very few people who do get a better outcome than the person who just felt like they had workout soreness. Someone will have to do the research on that. But that's been my experience for, for a decade. Um, I don't ever want them to have that experience. But when I have heard from them, either the day after because they're in um, pain or when they see me the next time, it, we, this is always what happens. And actually, I had someone once um, this year where she did have that flare-up and she texted me and I said, this is, it's, it's rare for this to happen, but you need to wait one day, tell me tomorrow how you're feeling and we'll go from there. And if I need to fit you in this week, I will. But I, I think you're just experiencing a a flare up. That's very rare. And I think you're going to feel much better the next day. And then she texted me the next day. So happy because she could move her neck and she had no pain. Like the pain was gone. And she is a senior citizen with neck pain. Um, very difficult to sleep at night. She couldn't turn her head. Um, and I really released the muscles and I was gentle. Um, but she had a flare-up. She trusted me, though, because I had treated her knee last year before this uh, neck problem. And she was able to avoid surgery. So she knew um, that you know if I tell her something that... It's it's true and she can you know she can trust it and and wait and see how it goes. She did, she 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 was so happy. Um but it's really, really important to communicate with your patient what to expect. Um, I usually tell them you're probably gonna have some soreness at the end of this treatment, especially for the first hour. You may even feel where the needles were. It's not unusual. For you to still feel the areas that were treated do not worry it's not an issue and you'll feel much much better and tomorrow if you wake up stiff and sore that's okay it's part of the process your body heals itself by um, creating inflammation and we need you to heal the, the needles release muscles but your body actually does the healing process that's going to allow you to move better and have no pain. If you can't heal, I can't really help you. That's why um, we avoid treating people who are very ill, um, who have uh, uncontrolled blood sugar, um, you know, really progressed diabetes. Um, someone you know, maybe who's who is. Um, having chemotherapy you really need to have a good immune system for i would say any acupuncture to, to work but definitely orthopedic acupuncture because that inflammatory process that we kick into gear is the reason that they get better and if they don't have that if they can't get enough inflammation to heal it's a longer healing process or maybe it doesn't improve at all so I always want people to understand that this is part of the process and, and don't, um, don't look at it as a bad outcome. It's how it works. Even those of us who are not 70 will have muscle soreness after treatment. It's just a matter of how long something has been tight and ischemic. And I really feel like that is the, the best way to predict outcomes is to know how long has it been like this? Is it 10 years? If it's 10 years, it's definitely going to be sore the next day. Some people will surprise you though. They'll say, they'll, they'll say, you know, you said it was going to be super sore. It really wasn't that bad. Um, and I can't climb into their body to know what they felt. I, I suspect it's a little bit of, some people heal really fast because they're really healthy. And it's a little bit of having a personality type that is okay with discomfort and doesn't um have a negative emotion when they have um, discomfort because you know the people who can tolerate motor points and trigger points very well have a personality type that says this is what i need and it's okay and i don't have a negative feeling about it because it's going to get me to my goal and then you have the people who are kind of like, ouch, 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 everything hurts. Oh, that one's stabby. Oh, this is... And you know as an acupuncture patient that every needle doesn't stab. It doesn't stab. It's, it's an emotional reaction to feeling stimulus done by someone else. And if you add on top of that some sort of needle phobia, then I think it really increases their level of discomfort and it's emotional discomfort. And we know that about pain. There's an emotional component to pain and we all know those patients. Um, We call them needle sensitive. I personally consider myself needle sensitive, but I do know the difference between feeling um, like a dutchy sensation of pressure and something sharp or something zappy. um, It's too electric, um, something like that. But, I just It's my opinion that there are a lot of people who can tolerate a lot of discomfort if it's going to get them from point A to point B and get them back to having uh, the, the quality of life that they would like to have. Um, I had to do trigger points on the 82-year-old man that I saw two weeks ago um, releasing trigger points in his gluteus medius because that was the reason that he couldn't walk more than 50 feet, he'd have to stop and, and rest. And like the only relief was to sit down. And he wanted to go and, and hang out with his buddies in Florida. And he didn't want to be like this, you know, wet blanket um, for everybody. Um, that was what I mentioned in the last, um, the last episode. So if you didn't hear that, you can listen to that one. But I had to do trigger points on his gluteus medius. And I'm serious. Like I was going in, to get those trigger points. Um, and he was tolerating it too. And that's part of it. it is like we're working together. I'm 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 saying, okay, I just need let me get one more twitch. And then when when I feel it, I'm like, okay, are you okay? How are you doing? And almost always they're like, oh I'm fine. I'm good. I'm good. And and then I'll take my massage gun and I'll dig it in to find what, you know, another area that that's painful. When we find it, I feel for it. And then I, I deactivate it with a needle. And then I check in again and say, how are you doing? You know, I'll just say, okay, let me get this one. I'm going to get a good twitch here. I get a good twitch. Uh, maybe it's not strong. Okay, let me get one more. And then I take the needle out and I say, so how does that feel? Let me push on it. And I confirm that it goes from being painful to just a dull soreness that feels like a bruise. Then you know you've deactivated the trigger point. When you can do that for somebody in their gluteus medius and they have chronic low back pain, that is game changing. Now I'm supposed to see him. I think next week um, for the second visit. It's been almost two weeks. It's been no, it has been more than two weeks. But I, I, I mentioned in a in a post I I, I did on Facebook that um, I heard from the person who recommended me to him that he is so surprised and happy at how much better he feels after one treatment. So whatever whatever discomfort I put him through, or whatever post treatment soreness he has, he has forgotten. He doesn't even think about it. It's not going to keep him from coming back because he knows it helped. And and like I said, you know we have the we have a brain that doesn't want to remember how bad pain is. This is why women will have a second baby, right? So um, we long as we communicate what they're going to feel and maybe um maybe tell them that it's going to be worse than than it really will be you know just tell them this is going to be super sore um tomorrow it may still be sore i want you to use if you have a massage massager use that if you have a heat pad use that if you have access to a sauna or a hot tub do that whatever soreness you have you need to clear the inflammation fast and i recommend any of those things massage heat movement um you know heat pad anything like that is going to help clear that inflammation faster you can clear it the faster you're going to feel better and really that's i mean that's what i really rely on for for all seniors um when i'm working on really ischemic muscles i'll tell them wow this Is so tight I'm not gonna hide my reaction I think it's best to be honest with people and not try to sugarcoat everything you know I tell them wow this I couldn't believe how tight your calf muscle was this is almost certainly a part of your problem and and if it's a soleus I'm gonna tell them and by the way we need your soleus to be working better than this In order to just increase um, blood circulation back up to the heart, your soleus is a pump that helps blood circulation against gravity back up to your heart. We really need to get this functioning properly. Uh, You know, I was told in school, people don't want to know all this stuff. They don't want to hear, like, what's going on. They just want you to fix them. Well, that's not been my experience. Um, Maybe they were thinking it, but... Nobody has ever said, oh, yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't really care, just as long as I get better. They're usually very curious to know, why does this help when all the four or five other interventions did not help? They really want to know, and they want to be able to communicate it to the professionals that they see regularly for their chronic pain. So in my opinion, they want to know what's going on. Why did it help? And, you know, this other guy I just saw who I just saw him for a second visit. Um, he was being told that the only thing left is surgery for his stenosis, for spinal stenosis. But his pain is coming from his psoas being so tight. So I, I saw him for his second visit. He's feeling so, so much better and walking better. He can, he can actually extend his hip back and take bigger strides it's all like major things for people who've had to walk baby steps with to avoid jolting pain in their low lumbar spine um but i was i was treating his psoas again and then and while i was doing it he said can you show me again where the psoas is and so i have a you know wall chart i show him the image of the psoas and i explain for probably what was really the fourth or fifth time that it, that it all attaches on the front of the lumbar spine. And so when it's tight, it's pulling his spine forward. And that's why he gets that sharp pain. That's why he can't stand and put his pants on by lifting his knee. He has to sit down to put his pants on. Well, not anymore. I mean, now he can actually stand and put his pants on. But that's why he had sharp pain in his low back and the low lumbar spine when he just wanted to lift his knee and put his pants on. Um. And now he understands. And I believe he'll be able to communicate that to his orthopedic doctors. So um, so really, I, I you know, I'm all about communication, education, patient education. Um, I, I'm not doing a magic show. I'm not trying to impress them by saying, just relax, let me just do these things, and then voila, don't you feel great? I want them to understand there's like real real like science and research behind what i'm doing and and not and it's not me it's i'm the person who knows where to put the needles and how to do it in a comfortable way um and the rest is like you know research and rehab science and neurology and all these people who came before us um, who, who all tried something that seemed to make sense and, and had success with it and then passed their information down to us. Um, in many cases, it's uh, people like Dr. Joseph Wong and C. Chan Gunn and Vladimir Yonda and Carl Levitt, Janet Travell, David Simons, you know, um, I forget his first name, but Kel Gren, who also did uh, Trigger Point research. All these, all these people, they're the ones who really were geniuses. And we get to use that information and help a lot of other people. And so I don't, I don't try, I, you know, I'll tell people about Vladimir Yonda. I'll explain things that way. Because I think it's important for them to know that this is not magic. This is, this is the work of a lot of people. Who, you know maybe still don't get the appreciation that they deserve um, and you know the people who are having great outcomes especially when they're seniors and they've they've had cortisone injections and nerve ablation and rehab and everything and they're like how come more people don't know about acupuncture and you know I'll tell them like, you know we're trying we're really trying to get the word out but um, we all kind of get lumped together and the research for acupuncture is still very often only done on traditional acupunctures. So they don't even study motor points um hard to do research on trigger points because the the testing is completely subjective and not objective um you have to palpate to find trigger points you have to palpate the trigger point to find the part of the trigger point that's actually causing the problem and there's no like mri that's going to show that or ct scan um you know jp shaw uh at the nih he's uh he does a lot of trigger point research he he does use doppler um and i think it's sonogram um, to show trigger points but the machine is so super expensive and it, it just becomes cumbersome and almost impossible to validate trigger points and pain referral patterns from trigger points because because science wants unbiased testing and it relies on a human who has experience who can put their hands on a person and find the trigger point that's causing their pain. So isn't it interesting that even things that have been really researched by medical doctors are still on the outskirts of medicine only because it can't be validated by a completely unbiased um, medical test, and really, I think that's the answer to why what we do with orthopedic acupuncture has not um, risen to the level uh, that it deserves for treating musculoskeletal pain and and many neuropathies. Um, it's just, it just. Um, it's very difficult to objectively test for so um, okay I've gone over my usual amount of time but um, that's my two cents on treating uh, seniors and um, really I think it's about communication more than it is dosage though I do go low you know I do um, I just do enough to get muscles loosened up without going, much and that's that's different with everybody but it's usually fewer than 10 minutes with electric stimulation and sometimes it's only a few minutes um, but it, like I said it's really it varies um, if I'm working on somebody who has a pacemaker I don't and I can't use electric stimulation then I have to retain needles for about 20 minutes I still put them in motor points I still try to get a twitch from the needle, Um, and then I'm going to retain for for 20 minutes because I really feel like if you're not going to use electric stimulation, you need more needle time. Um, So that's it for this week. Uh, I hope I said something of interest or that was new to you, and I will talk to you next week. Have a good week.